Hey everybody and welcome to episode 20 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR. Joining Sean and I today is a very familiar voice to a lot of you out there. It's looking at the at other people and saying, hey, you can do this. Come on, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. We're all learning together. Let's do it. He was the former host of the Scape Food Podcast, a very knowledgeable and encouraging voice in the aquascaping community, Art Panam. Don't forget to check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. If you have comments or questions, please send them into aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find all of the shows on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. Like many of you out there, I was introduced into the hobby through the internet. Photos, videos, of course, Amano's works. But there was one thing that stood out as a beacon, as a light in the fog. And that was Art Panam in the Scape Food Podcast. So when I found out he was going to come on our show, you know, it was just uh, the greatest thing. And Sean and I had a, a wonderful time talking with him. And, you know, just a little backstory. When I first emailed Sean initially about doing a podcast of our own, one of my first thoughts was, you know, I don't want to be a thorn in the side to Art because I know what it's like when there's a new guy suddenly in town, uh, you know, another podcast pops up on the radar. But I'm very glad to know that that isn't the case at all. Art's very supportive, and uh, that means a lot to me. So I encourage everybody out there to go back, listen to those Scapefoo episodes. They're invaluable. They're still up there on iTunes. And for those of you wondering, will Scapefoo come back? Well, we have an answer for you, but I'm going to keep you in suspense. We talked to Yuri yesterday, and he'll be up on the show coming soon. So stay tuned. So first of all, how does it feel to be on the other end of the interview? Ah, strange. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, strange. I started when I was 12 or 13. So this was in the early 80s. Uh, I was in the pet store uh, every weekend looking at fish mostly back then. It wasn't until uh, I ran into, by accident, a, a book called The Optimum Aquarium uh, by Dupla. And that really changed my life. And um, I've been very focused on the uh, planted aquarium side since then. What's kept you hooked for so long? You know, uh, that that's a good question that it's something inside uh, that really speaks to me when I look at the natural beauty of planted aquariums. It's just a, a pull that's there. So it's very difficult for me to uh, articulate, but it's just something there that keeps me coming back. And I tell you, the longer I'm in it, uh, the more I'm involved, the more I appreciate really the beauty of all of the aspects associated with planted aquariums. You know, the biggest thing I've gotten from listening to you on Scapefoo is the feeling that, you know, maybe I could actually do this aquascaping thing. And where did you get the drive to inspire and teach others about aquascaping? Uh, Jay, thank you, number one. Um, that's probably the best compliment I could get. Uh, that's exactly what I was trying to do and have been trying to do, really, all of my time that I've been involved with the hobby. 
it's really that it's looking at the at other people and saying hey you can do this come on you know nobody's perfect i'm not perfect we're all learning together let's do it so uh, one thank you that's uh, that's great two as to why why i do it i don't know um you know, I'm just a, an average guy. I, I'm not a teacher by profession. I, I like teaching. I like learning. I like learning together with others. Um, I come across, I came across on SkateFu and, and certainly in my other works online as uh, someone who's just a, a regular guy who's being authentic and uh, really open about what he can and can't do and, and hoping to inspire people to come along on the journey. If you could go back in time to your first setup, your first serious aquascape, with the knowledge that you have now and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? <laughs> Patience. Manage expectations. The more uh, I am involved and, and, you know, the more aquascapes I do, or uh, really what, what comes across to me is just having patience. It, there's a learning curve uh, to this, and uh, don't expect uh, miracles out of the box. Just stay the course. Don't get frustrated. Be intentional and uh, deliberate and persevere, and you'll improve. There's one question I've been asking everybody that's been on the show, and that is, if you could snap your fingers and banish one plant from the aquascaping universe forever, what would it be? And it's been kind of funny because you guys have heard some people answer this question already, and there's a few people that are coming in the future. But the funny thing is that there's a, a commonality amongst everybody, and it seems to be a communal hatred for one plant in particular. Let's see what Art had to say. Absolutely no no doubt in my mind, Rickia flutens. <laughs> I hate that plant. Yeah, well, and Corey Hopkins as well. He he too hated Rickia. I mean, if you've if you've worked with that plant seriously, I mean, it's it's just a nightmare sometimes. And um, uh, it was popularized by Amano in one of his books, and then everybody used it, and we all loved the bubble carpet, but then it was just a nightmare to maintain as it shredded and everything got everywhere I, I i just can't stand it a little secret i have is a really good strong dose of excel will wipe it out <laughs> <laughs> great that's how i get it out of the little spots where i cannot ever pull it out if you could only choose one size tank one hard skip material and one plant for the rest of your life to work with what would you choose and why I like to call this aquascape or purgatory. <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, you know, it would likely be a 90p. I like the dimensions of, you know, twice as long as, as wide high. I think that's a 90 centimeter by 45 by 45. Very good uh, dimensions, at least for, for my thinking. In terms of material, I'd go wood. I'm really not a rock guy. And in terms of one plant, that's a tough one, but probably Ludwigia Pantanal, I would tell you. It, you can do some great focal points with that one. What mistakes did you see new people in the hobby making the most? And did you see any trends there? There are some uh, common themes i think with newbies starting out and one is not having realistic expectations uh just you know take it easy on yourself and and work at it it's okay to move a plant or if this one didn't work you know take it out use another one 
uh, change the hardscape, uh, take it all down and start again. Uh, those were things that people seem to be reluctant to do, but it's, I think, critical to, to progress. I think that's one of the things why, why I've advocated for, for using smaller tanks as a beginner if you want to yes. be a proficient aquascaper because you can put them up, take them down without a lot of effort. I mean, my 90 centimeter, I haven't rescaped that in three years, but I can tell you my smaller tanks, they probably once a year or even every few months if I don't like what's going on in them, I rescape my cube four times probably in the last year right so right right i i um because i was getting so many of those questions i put together a, a post on skate foo and a in a youtube video on um i'm trying to remember what i called it but i think it was the skate foo dojo or something like that where it's really just a practice square uh, made out of wood where you pour sand in it and that's where you can practice your composition, your hardscaping, change it consistently, constantly set it up, come back the next day, look at it without having to do it in a um, in the aquarium uh, until you're comfortable with it. Right. So it makes it easier to practice. And, and I think people really should do that or something else that allows them to consistently practice. That's a great idea because that's probably top of my list for next things I want to get done for my hobby or for my learning is get a skate food dojo built because yes. um, <laughs> there you go. Putting up yeah. the hardscape over and over and being able to do that. And then also it helps resist. I mean, a lot of us end up with multi-tank syndrome just simply yes. because we have a hard time waiting for the next scape to mature. We have a new idea or we want to try something and yeah. that dojo can help quell that urge a little yeah, bit it, when you need to be patient and let your aquascape mature and it avoids burnout right i mean you go yeah. through that uh, syndrome where you're you're uh, getting a bunch of new tanks and at the end of the day you burn out you sell everything you're out of the hobby it's not a great way to progress so even amano i mean amano used to say and i think it's written in one of his books he he killed more plants than anybody and he, he was setting up aquariums and maintaining aquariums and it's this is how you get good so a lot of the top aquascapers, you see them, they're professionals. Why? Because they set up a lot of these things and that, that means you get good. They just practice more than you. It's not that they have more talent. I think nowadays there isn't a, a, a place where a newbie or, or someone relatively new to the hobby can uh, uh, confidently sort of share their work and get honest feedback on how to improve. So it, it, it's difficult. So it's very common. I, I get it. What I would suggest is just being realistic with your expectations your first few aquascapes excuse the language are going to suck it's just the way things work you're writing a you decide to write a novel your first version your first draft's going to suck but um if you're okay with that and take it and understand that this is work in progress that you need to start somewhere and that you will be improving it's okay so just have patience uh, like i said before be intentional be uh, deliberate persevere learn there's a learning curve practice that's something i i see people not doing enough of they expect to put together a beautiful aquascape but they've never practiced it's the only the first one and only one they've done
All right, for those of you in Europe, there's still time to register in the EAPLC. That's the European Aquatic Plants Layout Contest. We talked to Yuris yesterday morning. He's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. And while he was on, he recorded this little message for you guys you have until the end of September. EAPLC is the biggest European aquascaping photo contest. If you are from Europe and you haven't entered yet, so do so now. EAPLC is still open until end of September. Simply go to www.eaplc.com and enter today. We have Nano, Normal and Wabikusa categories. There will be a great awarding ceremony. We call it EAPLC Party in late November. So if you take part, it will be awesome to meet you there. Take care. Yours. All right, again, that's EAPLC.com. You can go there, find out all about the EAPLC, judging criteria, application guidelines. You can register, all that good stuff. If you're out there in Europe, this is definitely something you should check out. And if you can, get involved in. Art, where do you see the hobby going in the next 10 years? Um, you know, guys, I hope it continues to grow at the pace that it's growing or a faster pace. I have a, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, a, a longer term uh, vision of the hobby, uh, having been at a point in time when uh, even before the Internet, believe it or not, uh, really kicked in, I was involved. So I've seen the pace of growth improve. I've seen uh, the hobby getting much more popular. And here I'm speaking mostly in English-speaking uh, countries, right? And I, I, I think the learning curve and the availability of, of resources for people has definitely improved from what it was. I mean, guys, I mean, I had the Optimum Aquarium book, one. I had to wait for a month to get the, uh, to run to the uh, one local fish store that carried uh, FAMA, which was the magazine Freshwater and uh, Aquariums and Marine Aquariums uh, that carried some information on plants. I would frequent these huge internet, uh, I guess, uh, portals. And one of them, CompuServe, had a, a group section, one of which was aquatic plant section. And that, uh, when I joined, was uh, being moderated. The leader was Karen Randall, I'm sure you guys uh, know very very involved in the hobby for many many years very talented person and by the way she's coming out with a book uh, highly recommend it when it does uh, come out and I took over for her uh, as aquatic plant section leader so that's that was my uh, sources of information back then it was just uh, a bulletin board postings nowadays people can get information it's almost like drinking from a fire hose today which was a little bit of the impetus for skate foo I'm hoping that it continues to grow over the next 10 years, but I'm also hoping that the way people learn becomes much more easier for a new person to progress and really an intermediate person to get to the next level as well. I think it's absolutely critical that uh, the hobbyist, the end user, the, re the, uh, the retail customer get the commercial side involved uh, I really think our potential for growth for the hobby especially in the English speaking world is limited by the lack of involvement of the uh, commercial interests we need to get more people starting businesses we need to get existing businesses that are around the world uh, into the US just like we've gotten Aquaflora 
uh, Dennerlin now, Tropica, mm-hmm. uh, the availability of NBA products. Uh, I think that that's critical because these guys have the money to promote the hobby in media such as magazines, heck, even TV spots, uh, like it's in uh, different um, different parts of the world, big-time YouTube channels. And that's what's going to get more people involved and, and more people aware. So I think it's absolutely critical as a responsibility we all have to communicate to the local fish store, communi- communicate to the distributors, send out emails to uh, companies that you see in other parts of the world to get them involved in the U.S., Sorry, I took it on a tangent there, but I think it's important to, oh, to get that message out. A good point, and I couldn't agree more. I think there is a progression that a hobbyist goes through from being a total newbie to planted aquariums to being a, a, a let's call it an expert, expert level aquascaper. Uh, the first part of that has to be learning to grow plants and the fundamentals and mastering the fundamentals. You can't be a, a very good aquascaper if you can't keep any of the plants alive. So that that's the first step. And that's how we tackled Skafu and covered some of the basics. Uh, f- so to get people from that newbie to, to the e- intermediate where you are keeping plants healthy and it's becoming second nature to you. And once that happens, then one path is to go the aquascaping route, really start looking at the artistic aspects of your aquarium and how to improve there. Now that takes a completely separate muscle, uh, maybe even another side of the brain. Uh, It's not so science-based, but much more artistically based. And there you need to, once again, become the, the beginner and start learning these concepts of composition, focal points, design principle, rule of thirds, perspective, rhythm, contrast, to even some technical side, right? If you're going to go into the competing side, uh, lighting, background lighting, uh, photography, tips and tricks that uh, the aquascapers use nowadays. So, But you can't get there without having the fundamentals, right, of keeping plants alive. So that was the course of SkateFu. We were diving and transitioning over to more of the uh, artistic uh, development that uh, an aquascaper goes through. Out of all the aquascapes that you've created personally, are there any that stand out to you? And if so, why? The one aquascape that I really that really has a soft spot for me is the first fully ADA aquascape I did when I started bringing them in. I uh, all of a sudden had access to the products and I decided I'm going to do a a 60 centimeter cube garden with uh, soup to nuts ADA products and I followed their little guide that they had a little green booklet that they had out at the time uh, that walked you step by step and it was great it was you know back then uh, fluorescent tube uh, hood and their CO2 canisters. So it was it was wonderful. It was very common. It was 100% uh, plants, no hardscape. You know, Macranthemum umbrosum and Glossostigma. Nothing nothing special. But boy, did those plants glow, grow nice, and and it was relatively easy to keep. And so that's the one I remember the most. Now, this one I have a lot of trouble with, and uh, okay. <laughs> maybe you can help me out with. Sure. Any tips 
on getting your wife to let you spend more money on aquascaping? Ouch. Um, <laughs> ouch. Uh, that is uh, that is one that I think is uh, universal. Uh, and I'll use spouses uh, as opposed to wives, but uh, definitely it, it does tend to be a male-oriented uh, hobby. Uh, I don't know if I have the right answer, uh, but my poor wife, we've been, uh, next year we'll be married 25 years, uh, and we were dating five years before then. So she's been uh, through the journey along with me and frustrated many, many times, busted me many, many times. I think now she realizes, I guess after so many years, that this is something that I just need to do. It's like a calling for me. So as long as, you know, the purchase is within reason in the budget, she's she tends to be okay with it. Now, she'll roll her eyes and, you know, probably muttering things to herself, uh, but she'll let me do it, uh, at least nowadays. But, you know, your mileage may vary. I can tell you, Jay, that uh, I usually preface my requests with, oh, you remember that those pair of shoes you were looking at? I picked those up. I think those are on sale or I saw them. Yes. Things like that. Yes. Get them thinking about, oh, yeah. Oh, do you mind if I get this then? Oh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I know I've passed many a long road trip just listening to skate food. So that's that's good to hear. I hope you didn't get bored of my voice. No, no, just the opposite. It made it go a lot quicker. And I've been in the hobby for what's been eight or nine years now and i mean there was always something new i got from the episodes always something interesting or got me thinking about something new so i always enjoyed uh enjoyed listening my my only disappointment was when i ran out yeah i know i know uh, don't worry art i don't think we're gonna let you ride off into the sunset just yet i'm sure you'll be Uh, pulled back into something you know karen uh, randall mentioned that in a in a facebook comment to me she knows me well having known me for so long i do step back and come back in Thank you, Art. I, I, and I do want to say, you know, just thank you for your contribution to the hobby. I think uh, a lot of us can say that uh, we may not be the hobbyists we are now without um, some of the things that you've done uh, in in promoting the hobby, in bringing ADA to the U.S. In, and so I'm very appreciative, or appreciative of that. And uh, I think a lot of the folks listening to our podcasts have listened to Scape Foo, uh, probably miss Scape Foo, and also have those same uh, same feelings well thank you uh, sean that's very nice of you to say I, I i try to do my part and give back as much as i can learning like everybody else uh, and we do work as a community i couldn't have done any of the things that that i did without the help of many many people out there and certainly skafu with Udis and and jj so i i think you die you guys are doing a great job a fantastic job with the podcast it's uh, wonderfully produced jay i wish i had your radio voice my friend it is uh, fantastic but uh, i wish you nothing but the best and and much success and if you ever need anything uh, you know you can uh, just count on me all right, you can reach out to Art Panam on Facebook. Just search for him on there. And as we were interviewing him for the show, he did mention the possibility of a future project that could be in the works. And if there's anybody out there who can dedicate an hour or two a week and wants to be a part of that project, just email him on Facebook and he'll send you in the right direction and give you more information about that. 
Don't forget to check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. Send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and rate on iTunes. We're also now broadcasting on Stitcher Radio. As always, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Setting the sun approaches for its turn.